Welcome to Woodlands Church. We are so glad that you're connected with us today. Uh, it's going to be such an exciting day to worship the Lord, and um, it's amazing what God is doing during this time. We've been praying for you and praying for God's protection and strength and health in your family, praying for God's blessings over you during this difficult time, and we can't wait until we all gather back at our facilities. It's going to be amazing and overflowing. But right now, since the hospitals are overflowing with COVID patients, the ICU units are over 100%, then out of love, not out of fear, but out of love, we've chosen not to meet in our facilities. And so we're still meeting, though, and more of you are connecting with us online than ever before, and we have more people coming to Woodland Church than ever before. So from the Woodlands to the world, we welcome you. It's been amazing, too the ministry that the church is doing during this time. It's just blown me away to see all that God is doing through you, Woodlands Church. And by the way, this last week, we had a high school camp at our church. We had our high school students, and because it wasn't safe to put them all on buses and go to Florida like we normally do, we had them come up here to the church. Every one of them wore masks the whole time. We separated them, made sure they always had social distancing between them. Um, they had to sit in the same chair in the auditorium. Each time they came in the auditorium, they would eat outside. It was amazing what our staff and volunteers did to make it as safe as possible. And we had all these students come up here and just worship the Lord and praise the Lord and get fired up for God. It was amazing what God did this last week in our student ministry. And then in our children's ministry, we're taking vacation Bible school on the road uh, to make it safer Instead of having all the kids congregate up here um, and it's hard for them to wear a mask, then we're going all over the woodlands, Atascacita, North Point, all over the Houston area doing Bible school. And so I think we already have 30 scheduled. And if you want to do one next to your house and your cul-de-sac in your neighborhood at a park near you, uh, then just sign up online for that and we'll come to you. And uh, just watch some of what God is doing through Woodlands Church because... We're not waiting for people to come to us. We're going to where the people are. Just watch. Isn't that amazing? I, I mean, we're still doing ministry more than ever. And one of the things that we need every one of you to help us with is what we call Operation Overflow. As the hospitals are overflowing, it's so important for us to support and encourage our medical professionals. So we've been going to hospitals all over the Houston area. This last week, we went to Houston Methodist in the medical center to Texas Children in the medical center and um, fed all of the medical professionals, um, especially encouraging those who are working on the COVID units. And during the shift change, we cheer for them as they come out. And we're also delivering, we delivered, um, I think it was 10 more tons of food this week to under-resourced areas. It's been amazing what we've been doing with God's power and God's strength um, during this time. And so, Operation Overflow, we're doing more ministry than ever, stepping out in faith more than ever, reaching more people than ever. Just watch. Hope you'll join us in Operation Overflow to serve and to give and to make such a difference. And right after this next song, I'll be back to share with you the final message in our series, Overflow. And it's probably the most important message in the whole series. And I believe God's going to use it in your life and speak to you and give you a word today from the Lord's word that's going to change your life forever. 
And so right now we want to take our offering. It's our time for offering, and I really encourage you to give. If you haven't been set up to give online, this is your chance to do that. You just go to give, or you just go to wc.org slash give, wc.org slash give. And if you're not connected to give online, you ought to do that right now. Don't wait. Don't procrastinate. Um, get set up to give online, wc.org slash give. Or you can give on your smartphone. Just text the word GIVEWC. That's to be one word, Give WC to 77977. Give WC to 77977. You can set up recurrent giving there as well. But make it a priority for the, for the Lord's glory. Give because you love Jesus Christ and because you love the ministries of Woodland Church and what God is doing. And give because you know that you cannot give God, that he's gonna give back to you more than you could ever give. He's gonna give back to you and things money can't buy, and then he's gonna meet your needs and see you through. And so I just really challenge you to give. Maybe you just wanna send in your check to One Fellowship Drive, the Woodlands, Texas, 77384. Or give stocks, give assets. But during this time, it's so important for us to give. We can't all give the same amount, but we can all give. And the church needs your gifts because we're stepping out more than ever during this time. We're reaching out more than ever. We're serving more than ever. We're being the church of Jesus Christ more than we've ever been. And I'm just so proud of Woodland Church because God is shining through you, the body of Christ, the hope of the world. And so I really encourage you to give. And maybe a few of you have been really blessed and it's time for you to give sacrificially. And the church needs it. But most importantly, you need it. You need to give for your own sake. But let's all give because we love Jesus Christ and we love what he's doing through the ministries of Woodland Church. Let's praise him through our singing. Let's praise him through our giving. Let's praise him through studying God's word and let's praise him through our lives. Lord, bless our giving. We thank you for how you're using Woodland Church to step out in faith to meet the needs of thousands upon thousands of people during this time. Lord, that's what we need more than ever is the church, to be the church. Christ's time is your time, Jesus Christ, to shine through us, the body of Christ. Thank you that you're doing that. Provide for the church. I pray for everyone who gives, that you'd bless them, that you'd fulfill your word, that, Lord, you're going to give them more than they could ever give. And I thank you, Lord, that you're gonna meet their every need. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Almost 100 years ago, G.K. Chesterton wrote, Every man who knocks on the door of a brothel is really looking for God. If he were writing today, he might say, every man who surfs the web for porn is really searching for God. Or every woman who constantly posts selfies and then keeps looking back to see how many likes she gets is really looking for God's acceptance and affirmation. Or every workaholic who's running on the treadmill of success is really running after God and the acceptance and significance that only he can give. Or every teenager who parties all the time and uses alcohol to try to drown out the pain is really thirsting for God, for God to quench the deepest thirst in his soul. See, we were all created with a desperate thirst for God. Our thirst for meaning and fulfillment and for love is really just a thirst for God. Even our sins show our thirst for God. 
You see, our sins are just a misguided thirst for God. It's drinking from a polluted pool of sin and selfishness that leaves us even more thirsty on the inside. You're created with a thirst that only God can quench. God created you with this divine thirst that only God can really quench. So we're concluding our series we've been in the last several weeks that we're calling Overflow. As so many people are overflowing with frustration, with confusion, with stress, with worry and anxiety and fear and anger, God wants us to be overflowing with peace and joy and compassion and purpose. God wants us to be filled to overflowing so that we splash on everyone around us peace and joy and love rather than anger and hurt and bitterness and confusion and worry and stress. But the biggest reason we don't experience this overflow of peace and joy and fulfillment in our lives is because we're drinking from fountains that fail us. And it leaves us even more empty. We're gonna look at John chapter seven today because Jesus was in Jerusalem to celebrate the festival of the tabernacle. Now the festival of the tabernacle was this eight day festival where everyone would come to Jerusalem and and they would get outside their houses. They wouldn't live in their houses for the first seven days of the eight day festival. In fact, they uh, they would build these booths, they would build temporary shelters, they would put up tents and they would live in them for seven days And it was to remind them of how they lived in the wilderness before they came to the promised land so that they would be reminded of how grateful they were that God had worked so many miracles to get them to the promised land. And for the first seven days of this festival of tabernacles, the priest would gather water from the pool of Siloam in Jerusalem and and take it to the altar and pour the water out on the altar to remind the people of how God had worked a miracle to quench their thirst in the desert as he brought them to the promised land. But on the eighth day of the feast, the last day, Jesus stands up and he proclaims in a loud voice what can quench our deepest thirst. And I believe that the words that he spoke 2,000 years ago, he wants to speak to you right now to tell you how to quench the deepest longings of your heart, to quench the thirst that you had ever since you were born. In John 7, 37 and 38, it says, on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Can you just imagine Jesus yelling out those words, the God of the universe yelling out to all, hey, anyone who is thirsty, come to me and drink. Jesus stands up on the last day of the festival, the last festival that he would attend before the Passover, before his death. So at the last moment, on the last day of the last festival, And this was the last time that most of these people would ever hear Christ speak. He stands up and he yells out, if anyone is thirsty, come to me, because I'm the living water. I will quench the thirst that you've had your whole life. I will quench the thirst that nothing else can quench. But I want you to notice the words that he starts out with. Let anyone 
who is thirsty. Let anyone. He says, my living water is for everyone. It's for anyone. It doesn't exclude anyone here. You can be rich or poor. It doesn't matter what race you are. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what your political party is. He says, it's for anyone. No one is excluded. He didn't say that my living water is only for those who are really good. He didn't say my living water is only for those who are really moral. He didn't say my living water is only for those who live a really good life and do all the right things. He he didn't say that if you're stuck in your sin, it's not for you. It doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how bad you are. It doesn't matter how broken you are. He says anyone. My living water, my thirst quenching water is for anyone. But he does put one condition on it. It's a really important condition. He says, let anyone who is thirsty. So the real question is, are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? Do you feel empty on the inside? Are you thirsting for something more? Is everything you've tried left you even thirstier? and feeling more empty on the inside. See, the question is, are you thirsty? Because this is only for those who are thirsty. And how thirsty are you for real living water? How thirsty are you? And do you realize that you're thirsty? Do you realize how thirsty you really are? I I think most of us, aren't in touch with our real thirsts. We don't realize how thirsty we really are because we've been drinking from polluted pools for so long and we've lost touch with our real thirst. We've lost touch with our deepest longings. We've lost touch with our deepest desires. We've forgotten how thirsty we really are. We just know we're empty, that we're never fulfilled but we don't know what we're really thirsting for. In Psalm 36, eight, the psalmist says, they feast on the abundance of your house. You give them drink from your river of delights, for with you is the fountain of life, and your light we see light. Did you notice, he says, drink from your river of delights. He says, hey, we drink, God, from your river of delights. The psalmist was really in touch with his deepest thirsts. The psalmist was really in touch with how thirsty he really was. And he says, we drink from your river of delight. I I love that word delight. I love the imagery of a river of delight. See, God wants us to drink from his river of delights and get our deepest needs met, our deepest longings fulfilled, our deepest thirst quenched. You know, we think to overcome sin, we need to deny our desires, suppress our desires, we think our desires are too strong and that's not good, so we gotta suppress our desires to try to overcome sin. But that's not true. Really, God is saying here, I wanna meet your deepest desires. It's not that you desire too much, you desire too little. You settle for polluted pools. You settle for drinking from mud puddles when the river of my delight is passing right beside you. And here you are drinking from a mud puddle, thinking it's going to satisfy you and and quench your thirst. It's just going to leave you even more thirsty. And I've got the river of delight that's flowing by you, and you think you've got to suppress your desires, deny your desires? No. 
your desires aren't strong enough. You need to get back in touch with your true desires, your deepest longings, your thirsty soul, so that you'll move to my river of delight that's right next to you that you can drink from and be filled. And so that's what I want us to do is, as we conclude this series is, is really look at our desires, to really get back to realizing how thirsty we really are because we get stuck playing in mud puddles of instant gratification instead of swimming in the ocean of passion and ultimate fulfillment that God Almighty offers us because we're not in touch with our deepest thirst that God put there in the first place. So how do you drink from the fountain of life and really get in touch with your deepest thirst so your thirst can be quenched? Well, first, you have to let God remind you of your thirst. You have to get back in touch with your deepest longings that have been covered over. And some of you aren't in touch with your thirst because you're drinking from these mud puddles when the crystal clear, clean and cold river of delight is right there. And you keep going back to the mud puddles thinking you're gonna be satisfied. You don't realize what you're thirsty for. You just know that you're empty. And the Bible tells us that God plays some divine thirst deep within our soul. You are created with several thirsts and all those thirsts God placed in your heart so that you'll go to the only one who can quench those thirsts, God himself. All those thirsts are placed within your soul to drive you to the only source that can fill you up. And I think many times we don't even know what we're thirsting for. So the Bible tells us what these thirsts are. Let's look at them. We thirst for attention. We all thirst for attention. Did you know that God placed in everyone's heart this divine thirst for attention? Yeah, I see it in my grandchildren. You know, from my five-year-old who wants me to play with them to our youngest granddaughter, Charlotte, who if you'll just stop and look her in the eye and, and smile and talk to her, then her eyes light up. And she'll smile back because we all crave attention because God placed within our souls this thirst for attention. Now, it may sound like a bad thing. It may seem like a bad thing, but it's not. It's just when you're misguided looking for attention. I thirst to be noticed and treated with value rather than being brushed aside or ignored or looked past as if I'm invisible. God placed that in my soul. Have you ever been at a gathering and you're talking to somebody but you can just tell they're kind of looking past you to see if there's someone more important in the room? To see if they need to go talk to someone more important than you? We've all felt that. It makes you feel like you're invisible. We hate that. Why? Because God placed within our souls a thirst for attention. But many times we try to drink from the stagnant cesspool of people-pleasing to get attention rather than looking to the Lord. Psalms 139.17 says, how precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I love that. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. God is always thinking about you. The God who created the universe can't get his mind off of you. He's always thinking about you all the time. 
His thoughts are too numerous to count. He's never too busy for you. You're never invisible to God. You always have his attention, always. He cares about everything you do. The Bible says he records every tear that you cry. He notices and cares about every tear that you shed. The Bible says that he numbers the very hairs on your head, which doesn't impress me too much anymore, but maybe it does some of you. What he's saying is he cares about every detail of your life. He cares about every problem you're going through. He cares about every detail of your life. He thinks about you all the time. You always have his attention. The God who created the universe is always paying attention to you. God created you with a thirst for attention that can only be quenched by his river of delight. But we drink from the polluted pool of trying to get people to notice us. That's why people get hooked on social media, always wondering what everyone else is thinking about them or if anyone else is thinking about them. That's why some young women put degrading pictures of themselves on the internet. They post pictures of themselves and turn themselves into an object to get attention rather than realizing that they're a unique, beautiful, and sacred treasure of God Almighty. We drink from these polluted pools that just never satisfy. Michael John Cusick in his book, Surfing for God, and I highly recommend that book. He says, every gift from the designer has a corresponding gift from the deceiver, a shadow gift, a counterfeit that never fulfills, but it just leaves us even more empty. So every one of these divine thirsts that God placed in your soul, Satan comes along and he puts a counterfeit out there that looks really good, but always leaves us empty. And by the way, I think this generation coming up is always trying to be unique, always looking to be unique. My generation, we were always trying to look successful, like we had it all together and it just left us empty. But I think this next generation coming up, it's not so much success as they're looking just to stand out, to be different, to be unique. And I just wanna say, you are unique. You're a unique child of God. You already stand out. If you follow Jesus Christ, you're a child of God. You're set apart. The word holy actually means to be set apart, to be totally unique. And we try to be unique and stand out and we become just like everyone else and we just start following the crowd. God says, I want you to drink from my river of delight and you'll find total attention. My attention is always on you and you don't have to try to get everyone else's attention. So we thirst for attention, but we also thirst for acceptance. God put within your soul a thirst for acceptance, a thirst to belong. See, I thirst to be desired. I thirst to be accepted instead of being rejected. That's why one of our greatest fears is the fear of rejection. That's why many times we try to hide ourselves and we don't really reveal our faults and mistakes and screw-ups and our fears and our feelings because if you know the ugliness in me, then you may not like me and you may reject me. You may turn away from me. And so we try to hide ourselves. And that's why we try to impress people because we want to be accepted. God placed in our hearts this thirst for acceptance that only he can quench. And that's why we wear masks to try to cover up our faults and fears and feelings because if you really know me, if I take my mask off, then you may not accept me. You may reject me. You know, we all 
gripe about having to wear these masks during the coronavirus. And I'm always wearing my mask anytime I'm out. Anytime I go anywhere, I'm always wearing my mask. And we all, I've griped like everyone else. We all gripe about having to wear these masks because it's uncomfortable. And we gripe about how uncomfortable it is to wear these masks and how we wish for the day when we don't have to wear the mask. But we know these masks really protect us and protect others. It's not just about ourselves, it's about others. And we know that. But we gripe about it and complain about it. But we don't gripe and complain about those emotional masks that we're wearing all the time that make our whole lives uncomfortable. Those masks that we're always wearing to to hide our true selves. Maybe it's a mask of success, one on the inside. I'm feeling so insecure. Maybe it's a mask of confidence. When on the inside, I feel so insecure. Or maybe it's a mask of happiness when I'm bleeding on the inside and hurting desperately. Or or maybe it's the mask of I've got it all together to try to impress people when I'm really struggling and I feel all alone. It's amazing to me how some people get so frustrated about these little masks that we know are helpful and protect us, but they don't get frustrated about the masks they wear all the time to keep people from really getting to know them because they're afraid of being rejected. God wants us to take off those emotional masks. God put the thirst for acceptance in your soul. And in John 6, 37, Jesus said, however, those the Father has given me will come to me and I will never Reject them. I love that. You need to memorize this verse. If you're a Christ follower, he says, I will never reject you. See, we long for acceptance and we fear rejection desperately. But the God of the universe holds out his arms and says, if you will come to me, I will forgive you. I will cleanse you. I will accept you. I will love you unconditionally. And I will never, ever reject you. But then... Instead, we drink from the stagnant cesspool of people-pleasing and trying to be accepted, trying to fake it and impress people that don't even like us or care about us or or just like us because of what we can do for them, but don't really love us. Instead of running into the arms of our Heavenly Father who says, I will never reject you if you come to me. I love you unconditionally. Unconditionally. Instead of drinking from that river of complete acceptance and unconditional love that God offers us that will quench our thirst, we don't even realize that the river of God's acceptance and love is just right there, and we go drink from a mud puddle of trying to impress people that don't even like us. Makes no sense. And so are you in touch with the fact that you thirst for acceptance? And then we thirst for satisfaction. Say, I thirst for fullness. I long to fill up the emptiness in my soul. God placed within your heart a thirst for fulfillment and satisfaction. That's why Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus says you don't have to feel empty, but you will feel empty every time you try to drink from a fountain other than my fountain of life. You see, God put that emptiness in your soul And that thirst for fulfillment, that thirst when you're feeling so empty, that emptiness is to drive you to the only one who can fill you. 
But when we settle for other things and we start drinking from mud puddles and stagnant cesspools, then it only leaves us more empty. We long for satisfaction and fulfillment, but we drink from the polluted waters of lust and pornography uh, rather than the river of God's passion and fullness and satisfaction. It just leaves us even more empty. By the way, you know the difference between passion and lust? Passion asks, what can I give? Lust always asks, what can I get? And with passion, when you do something in passion, it fulfills. Lust just leaves you even more empty. It promises so much but delivers nothing. It just leaves you completely empty. Such a big difference between passion and lust. Divine passion was placed within your heart and God wants your passions to come alive. God wants to fill you with passion for life. God wants to fill you with passion for love. God wants you to live a passionate life, totally fulfilled and satisfied. But that can only happen when I keep coming to him. And here's something you need to know. That emptiness you feel, it's not a bad thing. That emptiness is there to drive you to the only one and quench your thirst. And so when I drink from these polluted pools and think that's gonna satisfy, I drink from the stagnant pool of instant gratification rather than the river of God's delights, and it just leaves me more empty, even more thirsty. That thirst is a good thing because it drives you to the only one who can quench your thirst. The reason why you feel empty right now is because God loves you. And you've been trying all these things that have just left you even more empty. But it's time for you to go to the one who can fill you with his river of delight and bring your passion to life and bring you to life. God wants to fill us with his passion. And so he, he gave you the thirst for satisfaction. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. And, you know, we talk about uh, lust and porn but there are a lot of nice ways to try to fill that need for satisfaction that leaves us empty. It may be food, it may be a hobby, it may be your work, it may be another person, but anytime you put anyone ahead of God, you're drinking from a fountain that's not gonna satisfy, even good things. But we thirst for satisfaction. But I want you to see we also thirst for security. God placed that within our hearts. He, he placed within our hearts a desire to know that we're safe. I thirst to know that I will be okay, that my future is secure. God placed that thirst to be safe and secure in my heart, but it's only found in Jesus. In John 10, 28, Jesus said, I give them eternal life and they will never die and no one can steal them out of my hand. My father gave my sheep to me. He is greater than all and no person can steal my sheep out of my father's hand. My father and I are one. I love this because in Christ, the fountain of life, we can have eternal security to know that we'll be with him in heaven forever. The Bible says these things are written that you may know you have eternal life. When you trust Christ and receive his free gift of salvation and allow him to be the Lord of your life, he gives you a free ticket to heaven and your future is secure. Right now it may feel like everything in life is being shaken, but sometimes God allows everything to be shaken so you'll find out the one thing that is secure that can never be shaken or taken away. And that's our relationship with him. Your eternity is secure if you're a child of God, if you're a Christ follower. Your eternity is secure. 
And when Christ is first in your life, your fears and your insecurities start to dissipate. When you really put Christ first and want to please him more than anyone else, then you stop worrying about what everyone else thinks about you. When you put Christ first and you really want to please him above everyone else, you start feeling secure. When you fear God first and foremost, all your fears start going away. But when you don't fear God, you'll fear everything else. And anytime we put anything ahead of God, maybe it's your retirement or your stocks, your portfolio, maybe it's uh, another person, maybe it's your wealth. Whenever you put anything ahead of God, you'll always feel insecure because whenever you put something that can change or be taken away ahead of God, everything gets shaky. Everything becomes uncertain. But when you put God first, then you feel secure because he's the one that makes you secure and that can never be taken away. I love that we have a security in Christ and in heaven because of what he's done for us. But I want you to look at this last thing that God placed within your heart. We thirst for significance. And you see, I thirst for meaning. I long to make a powerful impact with my life. I long to know that I'm enough. I long to know that I have what it takes. I long to know that my life means something, that I'm significant. Why? Because God put that there. God put that thirst in your life. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. I think for most women, they long to feel that they're enough. And many women feel like they're just not enough. They're just not enough. I'm just not enough. I'm just never enough. And I think most men have the feeling that I don't have what it takes. I just don't have what it takes. Hope no one finds out that I really don't have what it takes. But we're always afraid that we don't have what it takes or that we're not enough. But that's because God placed within our hearts and souls this deep thirst for significance to know that We're doing something impactful and powerful with our lives that makes a difference, that we are significant, that we matter, and that our life matters upon this earth. Out of eight billion people, my life matters. But we go about it the wrong way. We usually try to get power, and we settle for success or trying to be successful or trying to pretend like we're successful or impress people with our success or material things to feel significant, and it never works. In 2 Corinthians 4, 7, God tells us the secret to significance. He says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. You see, the way we drink from this fountain of significance that comes through Christ is we admit our brokenness. We admit our failures. We admit that we're just a jar of clay, but we have the the very power of Christ shining through us. And the more we admit the brokenness and we allow Christ to shine through the brokenness, the more power we have in our lives through Jesus Christ and the more impact we'll make through Jesus Christ and the more it will change lives and we'll live a life that will outlast us for all eternity. But when we try to act like we've got it all together, we lose all power. The paradox is the more humble, the more we humble ourselves and admit that we're thirsty, the more we humble ourselves and admit our brokenness, then the more he fills us up with his power and he shines through us. But when we use success or trying to be successful to fill that 
thirst for significance in our hearts and lives, it just leaves us even more empty. Because what you need is not success. There's nothing wrong with success. It's just that it will never quench the thirst in your soul. That's why people, when they're successful, just keep running on that treadmill of success, just trying to keep it together because I gotta keep running, I gotta keep running, gotta keep running because if I stop, then it might all fall down and, and I've gotta keep the success because everything's tied up in it, my image, my everything. And God says, stop, stop. What you need is not success. What you need is significance to know that your life matters. And I'm telling you, if you're a child of God, if you're a Christ follower, your life matters so much that he died for you. He gave his life for you. And he has set you apart, made you unique for a unique purpose. To fulfill his unique plan, all you gotta do is just follow him one day at a time. And he says, that's my boy. That's my girl. Just following me. You don't have to go out and do some big, great thing for God. Just take one step of faith. One day at a time so he can do something big and great through you. All I have to do is please him and I find my significance in him. And when I admit my brokenness and I admit that I'm powerless without him, he fills me up. I want you to look at this last verse, Jeremiah 2, 13. It says, my people have done two things wrong. They have abandoned me, the fountain of life-giving water, and they have also dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that can't hold water. Well, that sounds like us today, doesn't it? Sounds like our world today. It sounds like America today. That we've abandoned God's life-giving water and then we've tried to dig our own wells. And we dig our own wells and they're polluted or they're just empty. They can't hold water and they just leave us even more empty so we just dig deeper. We just dig deeper. We just dig deeper. We just dig deeper. Have you ever really made a mess and then you try to fix it yourself and it just digs it deeper. You know, and that's what we do. We just dig and dig and dig and dig and it's just empty and it just leaves us more thirsty and tired and worn out and empty when we have the fountain of life right here. And the great news is all I have to do is just stop. Stop digging. Stop digging a hole. Stop digging a hole to nowhere. Stop digging a hole that just leaves you more empty and come over and drink from the free, crystal clear, cold, clean, life-giving fountain of Jesus Christ. And he'll fill you up to overflowing. And it'll flow out of you unto everyone else. She's just waiting with open arms. Everything you've ever longed for, your deepest longings, your deepest desires, your deepest thirsts can all be quenched in one, Jesus Christ, the fountain of life, the river of delight, the ocean of life. He's just waiting for you. And you know, that's the great thing about Woodlands Church. We're all just broken people that are trophies of his grace. We're all just broken, but we come to him and we find our significance in him. And then he uses all of the cracks and the breaks and the hurts and the sins and the failures and the mess to make something beautiful out of it, to shine through his power. He says we're all jars of clay, just ordinary jars of clay, and we all have cracks in us. Some, we're all crackpots. Some are more cracked than others. And, and when Christ lives in us, though, and we admit that, 
then he can shine through us with his power and people say, wow, God is powerful through them. And that's the only way we do something with our one in our life that makes a difference, that makes an eternal impact. And that's why it's so important to be part of a church, part of a church of broken people who are looking to the blessed one because we can be used together. And so I really challenge you to join the church. We have our membership class, Sunday, 1 p.m., and it's just an hour. And I teach the class, it's gonna be online. It's the first ever online membership class. The first ever online membership class, all online only, and that's how you can join. And you can connect with us, and you can join the church. So I really challenge you, one o'clock, from one to two, and I teach the class, and it's gonna be, it's all about Woodland Church and where we're heading and what we're doing, but if you're looking for a perfect church with perfect people, then don't join this church. Don't join this church, but I'll tell you something, if you ever find the perfect church and you join it, it won't be perfect anymore because of you. But if you're looking for a church that's imperfect, if you're looking for a church filled with broken people who are looking to the blessed one, then come on, come on. And let's let him shine through us and live through us and do all that he wants through us because that's what he's doing right now. This is the greatest time in the history of the world to be alive, to be used of God Almighty. The greatest time to find significance, to find acceptance, to find his attention, to find his fulfillment in our lives. This is the greatest time in all history to be alive. We have more opportunities than ever to make a difference for him. And that's why every one of us are needed to come together in the body of Christ to be the church and to let him shine through us. I want us to bow together and pray. If you've been looking to dig your own well and it's just left you even more thirsty, come to Jesus today. If you never received Christ, just pray this prayer silently to God. Just pray it right now. You don't have to close your eyes. Just say, Jesus Christ, river of life, I need you. I need you to come into my life and wash away all my sins and mess. I need you to fill me up with your river of delight and come into my life with your Holy Spirit and change me from the inside out. I accept your free gift of salvation. I can't earn it or deserve it, but I accept your unconditional love and your grace and acceptance because of what you did on the cross to take my place. Save me and bring me to heaven one day. I accept your free gift of heaven and be the Lord of my life, fountain of life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, Christ came into your life. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll always be in your life. He'll never reject you. And now it's just about growing in faith. If you've never joined the church, you ought to do that. This is your weekend to join Willen Church. It's gonna be amazing what God is doing. I can't wait because it's not gonna be long before our buildings are overflowing again. I really believe that. But God wants us to overflow right now with his peace, love, and joy, and compassion to this world to make a difference so the world will stand up and notice and see Jesus in us. And that's what he's doing with Woodlands Church. And we love you so much. I encourage you to serve, to give an Operation Overflow, to make an impact, to make a difference. This next weekend, we're gonna be meeting online only. Um, but we're gonna be going out in the community through Operation Overflow. And we're just taking it one week at a time, remember? 
Uh, Pastor Lee Strobel is going to be preaching a powerful message this next weekend. I hope you will connect. It's going to be amazing. And, and then um, we're just going from week to week because it's going to be really soon. And Chris and I are really praying about it. And I believe it's going to be really soon that we're going to be back together, meeting together again for God's glory. But right now, we're meeting. We're not only meeting, we're going out in mission to make a difference. You see, it's not what happens inside this building. It's what happens outside the building that makes all the difference. And right now, you're being the message. And we're taking the message of Jesus Christ to the world. I love you, Woodland Church. We love you. God bless you. If you're a Christ follower, hold your head up high. You're accepted. You're loved. You're affirmed. Stop drinking from those mud puddles and start swimming in the ocean of God's grace and acceptance and love. God bless you, Woodland Church. Hey, church. Thanks for listening to the Woodland Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.